Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Evangelist Gregory Murchison from Fort Fairfield, Maine. Today we're going to talk about Let My People Go from the book of, Je of Exodus. Um, welcome, Greg. Thank you, Angel. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I wanted to uh, start with, in Exodus 9-1, the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Can you tell me what does that actually mean? God at the time could see that the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. And being slaves, it was hard for them to worship or have their type of um, uh, beliefs for themselves because they were under slavery. So God was saying to Moses, who actually uh, was a Hebrew that was uh, brought up by the Pharaoh's daughter and in, in, the, in the Egyptian life and time, but he also knew that he was somebody different, uh, that his people were people of slavery. And God was saying to him, it's your time to go. Now, here's our problem sometimes. When God tells us to do things, a lot of times we look at it and say, did he really say that? Or did he really mean that? And we hesitate. What we uh, forget to realize is when God leads us in a direction, that direction is where he wants us to go. That direction is where we should go. And we have to follow that direction. So Moses was apprehensive at the time. Uh, he says, who should I tell him that uh, sent me? And he said, I am who I am. Tell them that the I am, the God, is sent to let my people go. So, as Moses approached Pharaoh, Pharaoh looked at this as something that, why would I let the people that do the work, the people that serve us, um, go? Why would I do that? God was saying, Take them from the bondage of slavery. And I, I want to stop here for a minute and say this. Take them from the bondage of slavery. Today, we don't look at, in our personal lives, the bondage of slavery. But a lot of us uh, have, at some point in our life, or maybe even now, live in the bondages of addiction, unforgiveness, anxiety, depression, hatred, and the list goes on. And those bondages are holding us back in our lives because we feel and we're convinced by those powers other than God that we don't deserve any more than that. But God is saying to, to all of us, just come to me through my son, Jesus Christ, and we, you will be set free. And so, so as we look at some of this, we have to have a renewing of our mind that if we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we can get rid of these bondages. Now, in Exodus, the bondages were, the bondage was slavery. And because of that slavery, people were oppressed. As the story goes on, and we could, we could get in deep, but we're just going to skirt the surfaces of the story. Um, Moses began to show signs and wonders to Pharaoh what he could do 
with his staff, but his but Pharaoh's magicians done the same thing. But then God started putting uh, curses on them. And Angel, do you want to talk about those curses a little bit? Well, I want to say that we are no longer under the curse, though, are we? We are not. No, and we don't have to live under those curses because of the price that Jesus paid. So I like to expound upon the freedom that Christ paid for. You know, as you said, Greg, um, people today are they're stressed to the max. Yes. They are busy. They are. Um, they're not living in the promises of what God said that we could live in. Why is that? Because they believe the lie. They believe the lie that, or lies that, you're not worthy. That's not for you. Why would God do anything for you? Those lies, you know, uh, can be taught <clears throat> through um, the enemy, but they can become from other people. And when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we get into the Word, the Word is truth, the Word is the Bible, we find out that all of this is for everyone, not just for select people. Slavery through the years was for select people, and other people benefit, benefited from the slavery of these people. As time has gone on, we have found that slavery is not the norm. Does slavery still go on in the world some? Yes. Uh, is it what it used to be? No, because people are being set free from bondage, from slavery, and they are also being set free from bondages. And that being set free begins a life that, uh, when you experience it, you say, why didn't I do that the day I was born? Of course, we couldn't think then at day one. But until then, Life's issues become mountains when the Word of God says, if you speak to the mountain, it has to move. When we know the truth, life's issues are small compared to what God does for us and what His Son does through grace and through the washing away of our sins. I like what you said about the lies that we believe. Sometimes, don't you think... Um, the enemy whispers those lies, usually first thing in the morning. Like I can remember uh, working through an issue and the lies would, would pop in my mind first thing in the morning. And I would have to make a choice to believe it or bring it captive unto the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's right. And he said, casting down imaginations in every high and lofty thing that exalts itself. Because there's a lot in this world today that would make us fearful. I mean, we have this um, virus that's that's um, going across the world. We have um, all kinds of different things that would try to bring fear, intimidation, um, that would keep people stuck. And that's not our portion. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, he paid the price that we could be set free. And Greg, as you said about, you know, the curses, we're not under the curse. We're not under the law. Um, talk a little bit more about that. The curses which were put against uh, the Egyptians, uh, we can get into them, but, but we were un they were under the law back then, the Mosaic law. And 
those curses were put forth so that the people could be set free. And as we read into Exodus, they were set free. And then they were chased by Pharaoh. And as they crossed through the open waters, and Pharaoh chased them, of course, Pharaoh was swallowed up in all of his chariots and stuff and so forth. But in the evangelistic side, <clears throat> set my people free, the example of Exodus and the Israelites being set free from Egypt but is one good example. But for us in everyday life today, set my people free is Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sins, to set us free. All sin when he died on the cross was washed away, past, present, and future forever. It's washed away. Now, how do we take advantage of that? We accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. We ask forgiveness of our sins. We repent from those sins. And we forgive those who have sinned against us. Then we begin our journey. Everybody has a journey. But now, once Jesus died on the cross, we went from the law to grace. And you'll hear the saying that we are all but sinners saved by grace. That's right. There was only one uh, that was up without sin, and that was Jesus, and he died on the cross for us. He accepted all of our sin on that cross. He took it all forever. But we are saved by grace. Grace goes a long ways. How many times can I ask Jesus forgiveness? Every time that you need it. Don't believe the lies that you're not worthy of forgiveness. You have done this two times now. The third time, three strikes and you're out. That doesn't count when it comes to Jesus. When it comes to God. Because there is a way out every time. Do we all struggle? Yes. If somebody says they don't struggle, you might want to look them in the eye and say, tell me that again. Because we all have struggles. We all have a journey uh, with God and with Jesus, and every one of our journeys are different. But it all goes back to, as we begin our journey, we need to get into the Bible, the Word. Because that's what puts the foundation in us to have us continue our journey. So that when the enemy steps in and says, did he really do that? Did you re Do you really believe that? Is that true? You can say, yes, I read that. I read the truth. It is true. But without that foundation... We can fall back. Okay, we all fall back sometimes. Now, with the, with the Israelites, they were free. They were in the land, waiting to continue on to go to the promised land. Jesus goes up, uh, excuse me, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to meet with God. He stays there 40 days and 40 nights. He comes back with the Ten Commandments. When he comes back, the people, the Israelites, have made golden calves, and they're worshiping somebody else. Why? Because they didn't know the word then, and they were taken away for a little bit. And when they were taken away, they didn't know where, if Moses was coming back or not. And here he is. He comes back, and he's totally disgusted because they forgot all about God. They were worshiping somebody else. But as you read on in Exodus, and you read on that uh, they do come back. And they do end up wandering for 40 years. But they do reach the land of milk and honey. They do reach the promised land. So let's go back to us. That promised land is there for us. You can call it whatever it is in your life. 
the land of milk and honey, the better life, the life of uh, letting all unforgiveness go, everything. But we can stray away. But if we stay in the Word, if we fellowship with other Christians, we're going to have a better chance of living that life. And John 10.10 says the end of it, I give you life and life more abundantly. He certainly does if we accept it. So, Angel, just uh, if you would talk a little bit more about the abundant life. Well, in John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. To that woman that is laying in her bed this morning, hungover, uh, because she drank too much last night. That's not the abundant life. Right. To the girl that is struggling with that addiction that she secretly is taking those pills, that is not the abundant life. That's right. To that man that is uh, full of unforgiveness and needs Jesus to set him free, that's not the abundant life. That's right. That's right. God says in his word that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He said he fills our mouths with laughter and that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, we don't bring condemnation to anyone that is caught in, these, in this web of, of um, addictions or uh, struggles. Quite honestly, um, Everyone, as you said, has some type of issue or something that they're dealing with so that it keeps us humble before a mighty God. Yes. You know, um, I'm always leery of people that have it all together because there's nobody that does. That's right. <laughs> um, I've had pe pastors teach me wrong. I've had people that I looked up to. I think the greatest thing that I ever connected with is the power of the Holy Spirit because his word says that he the Holy Spirit would be our teacher and our comforter that's right our guide he'll lead us mm -hmm. you know um, I remember one time a pastor he did teach us wrong but he was humble enough to come back and say you know what uh, I understand that differently today you know that takes a great level of humility to be a pastor and to be able to do that. But God, God honors that. You know, um, when you spoke about the I am, someone had, had given me this. It was written by Fred Cabazos. Um, it says, when you hunger for the meaning in life, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. John 6, 35. And when you thirst for truth and hope, Jesus said, I am the true vine, John 15, 1. Where there is, where there is the darkness of sin, Jesus said, I am the light, John 8, 12. Where there is confusion, perplexity, hopelessness, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. Where there is wander, wandering and helplessness, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11. Where there is death, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. When you feel closed in and cast out, Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep, 
John 10, 7. Who is Jesus? He is the I Am. Exodus 3, 14. Isn't that great, Greg? It is great. I am that I am. I am that I am. And you know, um, Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all one. Jesus was there in the beginning. He will be there in the end. But for us today, as we start our journeys or continue our journeys, fellowship is key. Fellowship can be in a home church. Fellowship can be at Tim Hortons. Fellowship can be in a regular uh, church of worship. But fellowship is just Christians coming together and a lot of times bringing a uh, non-Christian at that point and fellowshipping and helping people and guiding them. And I say to people out there today, to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, to start a journey in church is not complicated. It can be um, intimidating because today we're not told how to go to church. We're not told um, when, uh, what, what the procedure is, I guess, how or the procedure. But, you know, all we have to do is show up. But so many that are unsaved, and I was one of them, didn't know that. So we need to realize, and I'm going to say to people today, if you have church, we all have churches in our community. If you feel that uh, draw to make a change in your life, uh, just show up. You'll be welcomed. They'll meet you at the door and welcome you. And you can begin your journey. And the journey begins also with reading the Bible. People would like to think that it's complicated to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let me tell you how it is, how simple it can be. And it is simple. If today you are listening to this, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you ask forgiveness of your sins and repent from those sins, and you forgive those that have sinned against you, you are born again. You are a son, the Son of God. You are a follower of Jesus. You can begin your journey. It doesn't have to be complicated. When Jesus died at the cross, it was done to simplify what the law, the high priest, made complicated over the years. And God said, this isn't working. I can't get to my people because I can't be with sin. Sacrifices cover sin. But when I send my son, my only begotten son, John 3.16, to wash away all sin and give everybody, the Jewish and the Gentiles, the opportunity to accept my son as Lord and Savior, wash their sins away. They can sit with me in heaven because God cannot be with sin but when that sin's washed away. So I'd like to impress on people today that begin your journey. Um, you know, we're... There are people available to help. Uh, I try to help people every day that have a question or just need guidance because at one time I needed guidance. And I'm ready to show people the love of Jesus and show people the simplicity of accepting Jesus and changing your life, making you, a, a, they call it the renewing of the mind. It's not just the mind. It's your whole um, aurora. It's what you project because you look different. You act different. 
And I tell you right now, you'll be happier. So as the Israelites went and wandered in the desert for 40 years, they did reach the promised land, the next generation, the land of milk and honey. And that land of milk and honey for us is just accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. Right. And walking in the fullness of what he has. You know, Greg, I think of growing up in church. I grew up in church. But I always felt I could never measure up. I missed the part of the finished work of the cross. Um, I tried to do everything right. And the more I tried to do everything right, the worse I felt condemned everything every time I messed up. And... I can remember just thinking, I need to get out of this system. This religious system is, is I can't do this. So I totally went the other way, which I would not recommend to anyone. <laughs> um, but, you know, today we have to connect with people with a heart connection. That's right. And who wants to get together with a bunch of people that are full of rules and regulations that... We can't keep that That's Jesus right. died for. That's right. I tried that. I tried to, to do it all right, and I lost my way. Um, but by grace, we've been saved. And I believe that when we can see others through the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ, that it brings a whole new revelation um, because we are saved by grace. You're no um, higher up in the kingdom than I am. And I'm no higher up in the kingdom of of God than um, someone that just accepted Jesus. That's right. At the foot of the cross, That's we right. are all equal. Right. But somehow, we got involved in a system that raised people up in levels. That's and right. And I, um, I just believe today that when... I read the word, and he says that um, all of my people, I died for all of my people. I love Psalm 24. I talk about it almost every single day. Because he said, the earth is the Lord's and the uh, fullness thereof. Everybody in the world belongs to God, and everything in the world belongs to God. Yes. Now, that's pretty simple. It is pretty simple. And along the way through the years, they they talk about 2020 as a year of uh, vision, double-double, uh, clarity. You have prophecies all around about that. Uh, awakenings. What we need to, what, what's happening today is that uh, I preach, God's given me the, I guess, the fortune or the, the ability to preach in uh, churches. A lot of churches, we all can relate to this, beautiful churches, beautiful people. But the seats are emptier and the hair is whiter. Our young people aren't there. Our middle-aged people aren't there. Uh, wives are there with no husbands. But along the way, we developed religion. We developed church doctrine, not biblical doctrine, church doctrine membership guides, man-made rules. And when we done that, we were so easily, we could do it so easy to tell anybody what we were against in our church, every church. So I would say to someone I preach a lot of times, I would say, but what are you for? What What is this church for? 
if we look at being under grace, we're for love, compassion, understanding, forgiveness, joy. We accept everybody for where they are and who they are with love and through the word and through renewing of the mind, we can help them on their journey and they can be a, a mighty person with God in the kingdom, serving the kingdom, helping. And as Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission, go out and make disciples of the nations. So if we do that, we will see an increase in the churches, an increase, except the young people who they are. I mean, they have torn jeans and things that we don't agree with, but I guess there were things when we were young that our parents didn't agree with. But we have to take the blinders off and look at everybody through the love of Jesus Christ and give everybody the opportunity to accept Jesus and begin their journey. On that note, Greg, would you pray, let my people go? I will. Father, just thank you today for all that you do. We praise you in good times. We praise you even more when times are tougher because we know that you take the tough times and make them good. We pray today that all those out there in bondage that are living with unforgiveness, addictions, fear, uh, hate, depression, anxiety, we say, let my people go. Let my people go. Today's the day to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Check in. Check with a pastor at a local church. Check with a friend that is a Christian. Ask them about, uh, Father, we that did you give us the discernment to ask people and to begin our journey. Pick up your Bible today. Uh, if you don't know where to start, uh, Father, just give me the discernment to tell me where to open up to, them, whether it's the Gospel of John or Genesis, wherever we need to start to look and start reading the Bible. We pray that eyes will be open for us today. We pray that everybody would have the ability and the opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, to spend their life with their Creator, and know that eternity, when it comes, we will be there with God. And we pray that in the precious name of His Son and our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Greg. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.